Hello and welcome to a special War Stories, as this is the episode that we have been looking forward to for since day one, and it was something we we were dreading. Dreading. Yes. That's a nice way of putting it. Uh, as this episode of the pay-per-view slash Monday Night Raw War Stories is, since this is the over-the-edge pay-per-view, and the passing of Owen Hart, we decided that what we will do for this episode is discuss Over the Edge and only Monday Night Raw. Then we'll do a part two later this week of WCW and Thunder as one show. So this is a one-time thing because of how significant this moment is in wrestling history. We thought we'd put all the Owen in one, one podcast mm-hmm. and um, kind of wrap it up in a nice little bow. So it's going to be uh, rough for you to listen to. It's going to be rough for us to talk about. Yeah. It's just rough. It's rough. So let me introduce you to your no-so crew. First, you know this man is one thing, one, one thing only. He's a good brother, the Human Wrestling Database, Corey Mack. Yep. How's it going, guys? The No Cell Living Legend, Mike Google. Hi, everybody. And I'm your host, Joseph Lessel. So, May 23rd, 1999, Over the Edge pay per view. For, for an obsessive wrestling fan such as myself, that date just. <laughs> it, it's one of those things that you know. Where the situation happens. It's one of the things it's like... It's one of the few dates that I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, like, related to wrestling. You know the date. You know the time. You know where the location of it is. It's like, well, it's in Kansas City, Missouri. Camperino. And... Although, uh, for the, years, I kept flipping it. I always thought it was in St. Louis. And that's the next it's night. the next I always night. kept flipping mm-hmm. the two. We're in the Kemper Arena for this pay-per-view. So, Corey... Let's get into it. How did we get here? Well, at Backlash, Steve Austin successfully defeated The Rock to be WWF champion undisputedly. At the same time, Shane McMahon carried out his plan at Backlash in the week after um, to kind of... Well, he did a coup. He he took the business from his father uh, by uh, turning out to be the mastermind behind The Undertaker abducting his sister Stephanie... The corporate ministry was christened at that time, and they've run rough shot over the Dota F until this point. And here we are in, in Kansas City with a Stone Cold Steve Austin Undertaker main event with both McMahon men as special guest referees. Um, at least that was the plan. And uh, here we are. Camp Arena sold out. Sunday night heat, Joe. <sighs> yes, so we start Sunday night heat. With the history of Austin and Taker, the highway to hell, basically, it's been going on since then. Uh, we got a promo from Shane in the corporate ministry saying that he's been working out his arm to make the three count. He needs some practice, so he's going to make a match tonight between Midian and Stone Cold with Shane as a special guest referee. Uh, backstage, Vince shows up. During the break, Howard Finkel walks up to... Vince and tells him the match Shane made. And the only funny thing about this is Vince's reaction. He's like, 
Oh, uh, Shane made a match with Mitty and Austin on Heat. Vince is like, on Heat? <laughs> yeah, as all of us did. Mm-hmm. And he's like, nah, okay. So our first match of the night for Heat was Brian Christopher with Meat versus Meat. We'll try that again. Uh, Brian Christopher versus Meat. Okay. Thank you. I said with Meat. Yeah. <laughs> Brian <laughs> Christopher with Scott. Meat. <laughs> How was this? Scotty. Scott Too Hot Taylor. Scotty, yeah. It's Scott Too Hot Taylor, which I was like, ooh. That's, uh, ooh. Jackie distracts uh, Christopher. Ryan distracts Scott Taylor. Meat hits the meat grinder for the win. The Hardy Boys and Michael Hayes run down and attack too much. Uh, Vince, we get a promo from... Dud. Yeah. You know, uh, promo from Vince. Vince calls out Shane. Vince tells Austin that he won't wrestle tonight. Shane says... Austin has to or a breach of contract. Vince is like, Austin's not even here. Shane says that if Austin doesn't wrestle, he'll strip him of the title and uh, give it to The Undertaker. Uh, as they said over the edge multiple times in this promo, since that's their new thing to do of whatever pay-per-view it is, they say the pay-per-view name multiple times. Shane says if, if, Austin, doesn't have to, if Austin doesn't have to wrestle, then Vince will replace him. Uh, we see the backstage with The Rock showing up. The Stooges talking to Vince about Vince taking the match. Uh, we get a recap from Raw with Triple H destroying the casket with the sledgehammer with The Rock in it. Rock comes out, cuts a little promo about his match, and Triple H comes on the Titantron. Uh, backstage, Michael Hayes and the Hardy Boys, they want to be taken serious, and they're going to show it in the next match, as the next match was Goldust and the Blue Meanie versus the Hardy Boys. This was probably the longest heat match in history. <laughs> uh, the Hardy Boys do win. Uh, after the match, the Brood comes out and attacks Hayes and the Hardys and giving them a bloodbath. Uh, Corey, what did you give this match? A half star. Uh, we get a history of the Union Corporate Ministry, and then uh, we go backstage with Lucas and the Union as the Corporate Ministry lock them in a, their room, but it looked like it was like a conference room. Our next match is Midian versus Vince McMahon. Uh, well, the corporate ministry attacks Vince. They slam his uh, multiple. They put his leg on the chair, still steps, and they hit multiple chair shots. To, and that is how we end Sunday Night Heat. So also, real quickly, yep. just to bring a little levity. That's not even funny, but it's something I vividly remember. <clears throat> so, um,. I don't know if I record. Oh no! Here's the weird thing. I think we recorded it, not the pay per view, but just Sunday Night Heat, because I remember vividly being at my friend's uh, Dairy Mart that he worked at, mm-hmm. hanging out that Sunday. However, we watched this heat, so I'm not pretty sure pay-per-view. we recorded. No, we didn't get the pay per view. Um, let's see, what was the last pay per view we ordered? Uh, Mania, probably. <laughs> No, we I we even waited on that for a day. My dad's coworker brought the tape he recorded. I want to say the last pay per view we we purchased ourselves and paid money for was Bash of the Beach ninety eight. Oh wow! So yeah, like, so it's been a while. Would you wait like a day and like watch this recorded somewhere? Or yeah, like usually we either had a friend of ours or my dad's coworker had a satellite and they would either they would tape it and just like hand it to my dad and he'd bring it home. Here's your damn tape, you know, and then we'd watch it then. But nobody nobody I knew got this one. Yeah, just you know. 99 was weird. Business was red hot, but nobody was getting it. Like, I remember we didn't even order WrestleMania live. We just waited. You, you had a guy. Yeah. They're, uh... But but I remember watching this that night. Um, I don't know why, because we were... 
I remember us just being numb to everything. Yeah. However, I guess we just said, well, we recorded it. Let's watch this part. And Shane McMahon says the term over the edge. Yeah. Like a billion times in this yeah. episode. Yeah. And to the point where it was, it was aggravating us towards the end of the show. Yes. Like, <laughs> son of a bitch. We this, just quit saying it. This is like the uh, last pay-per-view war story, the No Mercy UK, that in the Shane promos, we're going to show No Mercy tonight. And also, it, No Mercy. It's a McMahon thing. Yep. Like, yeah. Vince McMahon thing. Say it over and over again, because he really honestly believes the, the crowd's stupid. Now, the crowd is in the building for the pay-per-view, so yep. it's a little too late to reel them in, so why the hard sell? I get it on TV. And they, like, made a point saying multiple times throughout the night that it sold out in the day. So, like, the crowd is in the building. You don't need to tell them what they're watching. It's the idiots at home. Um, we need them to click that red button. And as, I mean, it'll be very apparent here very, very shortly. But uh, when it starts, the crowd's into it, man. It's a hot crowd. Uh, the announcers are super hyped. They're hyping everything. So, before we go into the pay-per-view, I mean, let me ask you guys this. I know, Corey, you watched the, like, actual version mm-hmm, yes. of, the, of the pay-per-view. Yes, I did. Booble, did you? No, I could not find the discs as far the as shocks. I know. I, I got rid of them at some point because I just figured I'm never going to need to watch these ever again. And why would I want to keep them, to be so, honest? So, so. We, so me and Booble both watched the uh, network version. Mm-hmm. This was my first time ever watching this pay-per-view. Understandably so. I mean, it was buried yeah. in their vaults until the network came out. And, and, and I was shocked that it was even on the I network. I was floored when I found out they were including it on the network, even edited. Yeah. I, I just could not believe it. I was uh, shocked and awe when I saw when it came on. and When the came on the network, like, really? Like, that, honestly, mm-hmm. the thing was, that was the first thing I looked for, mm-hmm. just to see. And they then, said everything. Yeah, exactly. When the when they announced the pay per view, yeah, we'll stuff, see what like, you say about that. Remember, oh. mine was uh, the Chamber of Horrors. I wanted to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> At least nobody dies in that one. Um, yeah, no, I watched the pay per view broadcast version. So we have different live as live can be. We have different versions. Uh, mine's discuss. like let's t- let's talk pros and cons before we get into the pay per view. Mm-hmm. Um, a pro for you guys, you get none of the Owen Cup. Yep. Um, a con for me. I don't get your high-quality video. No. Mine looked grainy. Uh, it's obviously a second-generation at best copy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it did remind me of watching shit back in the day because, you know, that's just how it looked. And it was interesting they took the Owen stuff out of heat, too. Yeah. They edited that, too. I'm not surprised. It's they, they, it just blew my mind just... Yeah, there was no, there was no talk. They, you know, there's during the show. They, we have these matches later on tonight, and then there's no version of like, and the, well, so at some points, like during entrances, they were clearly hyping some of the matches because there would just be long spells of them not saying anything. Mm-hmm. So clearly, that's just where they dumped audio. Yeah, I can't believe I'm saying this, and it probably won't be for years. But I will watch it again one day because I want to see the network version. Yeah. I want to see how they edited everything. Because I've never watched the network version. Uh, I've only, this is the second time I've so ever watched it. Yeah. Having seen both now, um, I can tell you that 
I mean, when they take all the Owen stuff out, it's about 15 minutes less. I mean, it's not it a lot. It really is, yeah. I mean, it really doesn't, you know what I mean? They, yeah. cut, they cut a lot of time down. I think the pay-per-view was still like 220. It was still like um, a night's rose length. And except for the random spots where there was very hot, like very hard edits where they cut from a match like straight to a promo or straight to a match, so clearly it was stuff that was cut out. Um, except for the few dumped audios, you really couldn't tell if you didn't know this was the show. So I've, uh, uh, and we don't have to get into it now because it's a long term. Yeah. But I'll tell you the one thing I was surprised about watching both of these again. I have a much tougher time and I have a much harder stance on the Raw episode than I do the pay per view. Much harder. Yeah. I did not expect that. Especially with me watching the pay per view version. Interesting. So. Attendance for this was 16,472. Soon to be 471. Yeah. Stage, uh, the stage for it was a small Tintron with the Over the Edge logo above it. Yeah. And then they had, like, the small circle, like, Royal Rumble-type frames hanging, and so no one can get It's just like their set, man. It's their set. That's their Attitude Era set. Yeah. Because they used it for mania, like it's and just... sometimes they'll have chain link around. Mm-hmm. It. That's that's the only. But this time it's up in the air, like there are more yeah. like the extenders. But then they have like glass frames around it, like windows. Uh, for us on the network, there is a dedication. Yeah, which to, makes sense to put that on. Uh, yeah. The it's... paper is dedicated to Owen Hart because who, uh, Owen Hart who passed away during this show. It's a nice way of putting that. I guess they couldn't straight out put who we murdered. So so we start the show off with a promo from The Undertaker talking about how he beat Austin. It's a long montage of all this and that. You know, besides the Owen stuff, I got to be honest with you. I'm so checked out because I just, I, I fucking cannot deal with all of this cringy, embarrassing, crappy corporate ministry shit. To me, this is the stuff that I'm like, God, I hope nobody walks in the room while I'm watching this crap. Like, it's just so terrible. This is so bad. I could not get into this. I was like, God damn it, I hate this. Yeah, it's, um, it's weird. It's just weird. Because I, I know some people, you know, who still dig it to this day. Because it, as they put it, it's enjoyable. It's entertainment. I mean, to each their own. Yeah. If you enjoy it, Great. But not for you. Yeah. No, this is not for me. This is not my cup of tea. Yeah. So, so we're gonna kick this pay per view off with our first match of the night, and it's for the WWF Tag Team Championships, as it's going to be Kane and X Pac that get the first entrance, versus the new new mega powers of Mark Henry, D'Lo Brown, and with Ivory. So this made me depressed on a whole different level, guys. Listen to the crowd. That's, Even D'Lo and Mark are over. That's what I was talking about earlier. Like, the crowd and everyone was so into this show like, when it started. The, the, the main people now aren't over. No. But D'Lo and Mark were over back then. And I'm sorry, but Seth Rollins, when he was on top, wishes. Wishes he had a D'Lo pop. No, he wishes he can get half of that X-Pac pop. Fuck. Like, X-Pac would be goddamn Hulk Hogan these days. Yeah. With that pop. The, uh... Man, that fucking company was hot, man. I got, I'll tell you guys this about X-Pac hotness. I have been talking to my partner at work, who is a 
big Attitude Era fan a la just Stone Cold. And I keep telling him, I'm like, dude, to each your own. I get it. You love Stone Cold. To He has these, this, this, this. I'm like, dude, watch X-Pac's <laughs> matches. Yeah. He's the best wrestler in the world in 99. And he's just Not like. Not even close. No. Man, he, Ray. Hmm? But Ray. He, Xbox he, uh, step up. Ray's good. He's yeah. been good, but you can see he's without the mask. He's now going Xbox for, on what I call that rarefied air in '99. Like just he, without even trying, he's the best, and everything is seamless and spot on and pitch perfect. And very few guys have have reached that level that I've seen, but he did that year. He was just unbeatable. So I keep telling him, like, dude, uh, like, sure, Austin's the man right now. But X-Pac is the man in the ring that's destroying it, and he just tries to defend. Oh, it's different. Well, it's different, and very much carrying the mid card. Yeah. So I'm guessing then your friend um, isn't actually a fan of wrestling matches. No, because if he was, he would watch Stunning Steve matches. <laughs> yeah. See what an actual great wrestler he used to be. Yeah. Think of Stunning Steve Austin. He was he, so good. He tries to defend it by having just talk about how. People have different uh, move set, like a different, you know, like different way, ver- like different, different ways of wrestling. Like, yeah. yeah, there's stronghold, there's lucha libre, there's you know, that's, uh, but I'm like, dude, just watch X Pac, watch some of his matches, and he's gonna, I'm gonna tell you, he's the best wrestler in in '99. I don't care about promos or, stuff. but even those are good. Yeah, that's one with Kane the other day. Where like I don't know who the fuck he is, but he wants to hang it this way. We'll do it. Like I don't. It's like, a solid promo. I've been telling that. So he's been watching some Xbox matches, and he goes, "You know, you're right." I'm like, "I've fucking told you for a month now." <laughs> you want to? You want know, it's it's sweeping the nation in 2020 here. It's sweeping no cell nation Xbox fever. I'll tell you what, my kid got a chance to get another wrestling action figure off eBay. Xbox. That's amazing. Xbox is coming. That's awesome. Which tights? The '98 when he came back. It's it's the. The red DX? The red DX? Yeah, yeah. that's the era. Nice. Tight DS. It's awesome. So for this match here, I'll be honest, how can you take it serious when one of your uh, opponents, Mark Henry, comes out wearing slacks and a T-shirt? Yep. I, yeah, I've noticed that the last couple, he's done it on Raw, uh-huh. and then this pay-per-view. Is he hurt? Uh, well, he's just coming he's back coming off back, injury, uh, but he's cleared. Double so, knee so injury. My double guess double knee probably surgery. not in ring shape. I mean, my guess is he's never in ring shape. My guess is ring shape and probably a couple of knee braces yeah. underneath those pants is yeah. my guess. But I, it is a little odd. I was like, well, why? Why are you wearing that? Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't work. It, like, to be honest, that threw me out off already. Like threw me out of the match. Just I'm like, how can I take you serious if you're coming out wearing slacks and a. T, uh, plain black t-shirt tucked in. Well, to me, it's also like, come on, D'Lo and Mark are the number one contenders? Like, this tag division, man, what happened to it? It wasn't, like, fantastic, but Jesus, there were some teams. Yeah. You could see on the horizon yeah. with the Hardys and the Acolytes oh, and, the, yeah. and, and the Brood. So even on, like, Heat, they're pushing the tag division. Yeah. Like, you hasn't see, made it to main TV yet. You can see that there's things coming, but right now, at this second, this division is not great. Mm-hmm. Like, this second. Let's minus the upcoming. Yeah. This second right now, you have the tag champs, D'Lo and Mark. And the new Mark, Mega Powers. And yep. uh, that's it. That's it. Well, I know you have Taka and Funaki, I guess. If you're going to be no. splitting here. I mean, technically, the Brood. You have yeah. the brood. Well, yeah, but that's the up and coming part. You know, like, like they're uh, there. Because yeah. you can't, I mean, you can't even say Jeff and Owen. Nope. So. Yeah. Not exactly. I broke them up. Two. You got two. Uh, 
Yeah. You yeah, got two full-time tag teams. Yep. Kind of like current day on SmackDown. Uh, X-Pac goes for a Bronco Buster, but D'Lo moves the other way, but X-Pac is able to catch himself. Once again, like, how? How? Like, and even, it was he, awesome looking. Even, even hitting... Even hitting the Bronco Buster is so hard. Does anyone else cringe every time he hits a Bronco Buster, though? Yes. Because yeah. I just I just, I just, just think of the story about him ripping his asshole. And I'm just like, ah, no, 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 no. Every time, dude. Every time. Uh, it's just kind of a, I don't know, it's a weird move to watch. It's I don't like even those, mind like, that. In wrestling, I'm like, trying to explain, I'm like, I, I don't know how to explain this. He's jumping with his dick in his face. I don't know. Uh, how to say it. Well, honestly, it was I, it was created by him in WCW to be a uh, uh, to be a look, bitch. I own you. Look, yeah. like you know that kind of a thing, which they shut down quickly, and then it just became this popular thing because you know fans are. No, in, in, in '99, that's the move everybody's doing too. Yeah, yeah. Mysterio, I mean, Ray took it. Yeah, and ran with it. And, uh, Mark Henry Gorilla Press Slams Kane. That's impressive as fuck. Awesome. I don't care who you are or what he's wearing. <laughs> that and even even the announcer was like, he can't. Wow, that was easy. All yeah, right. yeah. damn. Because what they're they're. Well, I mean, so that's what's crazy about it. this. Is three years off of him in the Olympics. Like he is still like almost at peak, like as strong as he ever was. And yeah. it's because he's bu- the building Kane. Like at what six? Like he's, six, he's six, seven three twenty five three. Yeah. yeah, and this is peak jacked. Prime Kane. Crazy in shape. This Kane. is not like later Kane. This yeah. is like, goddamn. And Henry, like, just, he just easily picks him up. Like, like it was nothing. It's bonkers how strong he is. It, it's crazy to see the wrestlers, what they look like today, to then you go back 20 years and you can see, like, Big Show Grill pressing uh, Big Boss Man or throwing him over the top rope. And it's just like, with ease, with ease. Yeah. Uh, Kane hits a drop kick with ease. <laughs> yeah, okay. we don't do that. Yeah, uh, I forgot how good of a team Kane and X Pac were. I love them. I, when they right? started, I was so excited because I remember as a kid loving this team. So it was good. so weird together. But I it forgot so they were well. so good together. Like, it, yeah. I remember at the time loving them. Yeah, they're so good, yeah. man. Jesus. Uh, uh, Henry gets up from the drop kick and then instantly runs to D'Lo and gets tagged in. Uh, D'Lo has X-Pac in the corner. D'Lo distracts the ref as Mark Henry pulls X-Pac down, pulls him into the post. Uh, X-Pac with his post fetish, I guess, you know, like (laughs) the Bronco Buster and all this and that. Uh, Kane hits a big splash the outside on all three men. Kane went pretty far on that jump. Uh, Kane chokeslams Henry while Delo's getting Bronco Buster for the win. The tie, uh, match went 14 minutes and 44 seconds. This was a fantastic match. Um, I give it three stars. Um, X-Pac and Kane gelling wonderfully as a tag team. Delo and Mark aren't a bad team by any mm. means, but it's just like they're, they're just not going to light your, your screen up. So whenever they're like the challenger of the moment, you're just kind of like, oh. Okay. I was a tad behind you, but it's still close. It's two and three quarter for me, but yeah. it's still a good match. Yeah. Uh, we go backstage with Michael Cole as he's outside uh, Vince's uh, uh, locker room, saying Vince suffered an ankle injury. And might be uh, not might not be able to be the second ref tonight. We'll find out later on later. Then we get a hardcore Holly promo with Kevin Kelly. Holly's saying that he had an imaginary friend, and uh, he's going to beat Al Snow and show everybody what's in Snow's head as he's going to peel his scalp. I got an idea. How about we quit idea. doing this match all the time? Yep. So, our next match is Hardcore Holly versus Al Snow for the Hardcore Championship. Al Snow brings out Pierre's deadhead uh, in a neck brace and all. Jesus. 
Uh, Holly dents a cooking sheet over Snow's head. Uh, they fight into the crowd. They fight all the way up to the lobby. Uh, they hit each other with food as there's, like, uh, fans trying to order food as they were try- fighting around the area. Uh, Sn- Holly hits Snow with a funnel cake container of powdered sugar. So then Snow has powdered sugar all over his body the rest of the match. Uh, they try to fight in the women's bathroom, but you can hear a woman be yelling to get out. Uh, Holly hits a standing suplex, or as Holly calls it, the Holly cost. Yep. Maybe don't call it that. This Ooh. is a thought. When I heard he's, that, I was like, I, I, I went, excuse me? <laughs> well, he's from Alabama. So, <laughs> Jesus you know. Christ. Excuse me? Uh, <laughs> I had to perk up, like, did I really just... Exactly. I, uh, I, got, my, I got my more Please telling. tell me he doesn't. Say that a lot going forward. Hopefully, somebody I don't remember. It. I don't remember the name, so I'm guessing that doesn't. Because my on god, dude, the Holly got, got it. I do uh, not remember that. Uh, Holly kicks out of a snowplow. <sighs> Snow power bombs Holly through a broken table that they were able to keep standing up for the win. Uh, time of this match was twelve fifty three. For me, the crowd was dead at points in this match. Well, unless it's the audio, I don't it's, know. It's well, it's because when you go to the concourse, you can't see anything, and so yeah. like the crowd is like they still don't have that like huge ass Titan Tron yeah. they would have in the two thousand. So you can't see anything, so you're just like, all right, this sucks. Maybe they're fighting still. I don't know. Mm. This was perfectly fine for a hardcore match. It's it's what I expected to be. I went two and a half. Like, it's literally a it's 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 literally a hardcore match in WWF style. It's that's perfectly it. And it, I would still prefer this over anything WCW gives us. Oh, for the hardcore, yeah. yeah. So, like, so, I mean, two and a half. So this is when... Edits happen. Edits happen. Well, well, this is your part of the show. More <laughs> lucky for you guys. Yeah. Do they, uh, cut, do they cut to Cole? Oh, no. I, okay, after, no. okay. So right after this, they show what happened on Raw with Blue Blazer and Godfather. Mm-hmm. And then as they come right out of that, Jim Ross goes, ladies and gentlemen, something has happened here. It's not good. And they go straight to the video tape of the interview with uh, Cole in the back with Blue Blazer. And that was taped earlier. And they play that. Where he talks about how um, the Godfather makes his blue blood boil and uh, he can't stand him. And he's, you were lucky the Blue Blazer is here. He's going to take care of it. And all you kids remember to say your prayers, eat your vitamins, and drink your milk. Woo! And then walk and then runs off. And then they go right back to Jr., who just looks. Uh, well, I mean, looks like he's seen a ghost. <laughs> he's just kind of staring blankly, right into the camera, and he's like, "Ladies and gentlemen, sometimes uh, with with uh, with events like this, um, you know, we have magnificent things planned or whatnot, and we were going to have a magnificent blue blazer entrance from the top of the building. Um, something has." tragically gone wrong he fell um, to the ring and then he made sure to stress this is not this is not an angle this is not part of the show this um, this is as real as real gets and they just panned the crowd there's just shots of the crowd for like two three minutes while he's continuing to to honestly stammer because mm-hmm. you feel bad for him because he he knows he has to keep talking but he doesn't know quite what to say, and you can tell he wants to go check. Lawler is already long gone. Lawler was gone from the rounds table when they came back from the yeah, He jumped up immediately. Yeah. Um, and then they just, he just keeps talking. He reiterates again that this was not 
part of the show. This is not a, this is not an angle. This isn't trying to be sensationalistic. Um, something terribly wrong has happened. And then finally Lawler comes back, sits down, puts his headset on, um, doesn't once look at JR, doesn't even look at the camera. He's just looking off to the left, kind of. He is white. Yeah, he's a ghost. He Lawler is... is white as white can be. And Jim, Jim Ross says something about him going to check, and Lawler just says, yeah, it um, doesn't look good. That's all he says. And then kind of just puts his head down again and looks to the left. And then they finally go to Jeff Jarrett and Deborah for a promo. That's perfect timing, huh? Um, they're and both bawling. I mean, have you ever seen the promo? I, I have not, but I, I, when they did the dark side of the ring, they showed some of it, but it was like the end of Jarrett saying like, Oh, and we were hoping. So when it starts, he can't even talk. He like spins away from the microphone and Deborah has to start the promo because yeah, he, he can't even speak. He turns around. He's got his back to the camera. Like you can't even see Jarrett's face. He's he crying. Bawling. And Deborah's bawling and she's trying to talk. And apparently, this is about the time they wheel Owen yep. past behind the camera. You can see everybody like eyes like turn and yeah. they focus again, but you can see everybody turn and yeah. watch. And um, you know, Deborah, to her credit, she's trying to say like, "Owen, oh, we love you." And, and Jarrett, I don't know whether to keep himself from losing it or trying to be a professional. Says, so "Shut up, Deborah," and tries to get into the the promo yeah. he's supposed to hit. Only he's still crying, and you don't feel it for a minute. And then he says, "Owen, oh, we love you." And then their music plays, and out they come. And that's where and that's the where the network match. picks up. So for us, we do backstage with Cole with the Stooges. That's not even on the pay-per-view. So they go to Cole and, and the Stooges, and they're like an ambulance is on its way to take Vince to the hospital. That's after this match. Well, they put it before. Yeah, on yeah. this pay-per-view. So they re-edited it a yeah, little bit. Yeah, re-edited it. Well, because well, it was pretty poor taste in any way to continue the ambulance coming to get somebody who's terribly hurt after do you do you realize they delayed um not by much to their you know but they delayed getting owen out of there because they had to bring that ambulance back from the shoot where they were taking yep. vince away so it was about if i remember correctly it was about 15 minutes yeah. where on the paper before they actually got to the next match it was about 15 minutes where nothing really happened so they were fun to watch i'll tell you that yeah so what's kind of we can just, should we discuss what happened to Owen? I'll do it later. Later? Okay. So. <laughs> when Kevin Dunn gets eviscerated. Yes. So our next match, Jeff Jarrett and Deborah versus Val Venus and Nicole Bass. So this is when, for me, I go, it happened. Yep. Because I, I'll be honest, I don't know when it happened. I don't know in what order of matches did it go. Mm-hmm. This is when I know it happened. First off. JR's tone is drastic yeah. Yeah, from what it was. Completely changed. From what it was, you know, like, oh, we got a great slobber box. He's hushed. He, he's he's Jeff shaking. Jarrett he is and, shaking. Uh, yep. It's like, it's just like our tone. It's just like, it's just Jeff Jarrett and Deborah and are then, a really good tag team, you know. And then Jarrett and Deborah can't keep from crying during the match, so that's mm-hmm. probably not helping much. Uh, we get a We Want Puppies chant during this match. But, so I was going to bring that up, kind of. Like, it starts and people are just, like, not into it and they're just like, <laughs> First problem what I had. Doing? I know there's a format, but who the fuck sends his best friend out immediately after he falls to his death? Yeah, maybe to you, wrestle. Maybe you just cancel that match. Yeah. And then the part that I love even more: who puts his best friend in the corner he fell to his death in, um, to get the tag? 
if you notice. So, and I guess I'll bring it up here because it, it's the one thing that I remember vividly from this pay-per-view. It's the blood on the yeah, ring. There's yep. blood on the ring. Rowan fell. Mm-hmm. And, I was, and I was like, oh, it happened. I, uh, so, it's in Foley's book. He but broke he talks two about, of the boards. He broke two of the boards. And Foley didn't know where he hit. He was actually writing his book, ironically enough, when he fell. Um, so when later on, anyways, when he goes out to the match, um, he has no idea that's what that's from. He thought it was from like the hardcore match or something. He had no idea that's what it was from. So, but that is, it's something that always sticks with me. It's something I always remember is the blood on the side of the ring. And for me, this since this was my first time watching this, and then I can tell the notice of the tone of Jr. and J, uh, Lawler. Like they didn't, Lawler doesn't even talk. No, no, not in this match. Lawler was straight up shook. He was shook. But for me, what got me was seeing the blood. So the the thing was, in my not knowing, not ever watching this pay per view, and I watched the Dark Side of the Ring first, mm-hmm. and then they bring up and they show photos of the blood on the mat, and I was like, oh okay, there's blood there, like. To me, it didn't seem like there was a lot. Like, w- from the photos, I think it looked like they were trying to they cleaned some of it up. T- but when I see it on the paper, I go, holy shit, that's a lot of blood in a long area of space on the, uh, on the, on the mat. So we have this match. We have the best friend. I just remember seeing pictures. Um, somehow pictures leaked. Uh, someone took photographs. Of them working on him in the ring, I've and seen I that. Seeing those, well, they were also the newspaper. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that, and I've seen. I haven't seen it, but I, I saw there's video. So there's the video. There, I've is, never seen that. There is audio that was leaked from the Spanish announce table. Ugh, and I don't want to hear that. So what happens is during the Spanish broadcast feed, they would live translate any video they were watching. Mm -hmm. And so they were live translating Owen's segment from Raw, which is when he fell. So right towards the end of his promo is when he fell, and you can hear him hit the ring on the audio, and you can hear them say, oh, no, oh, no, like in rapid succession. Hmm. So that's when it happened. They... For years, but they that's tried the only to, thing that exists. That yeah, publicly you, is that. For audio. years, they tried to tell you video doesn't exist, but any idiot knows that they have a hard cam set at a WF event. Yeah, he, so he falls in front of the hard cam. So there is video. Yeah, there has to be. There has to be. Um, and there is, and, and then they confirmed there is, and that it's locked, very locked up. Like it's locked inside a locked inside a locked inside a. Uh, so so yeah. if they have that. Why don't they just destroy it? It's. I don't think they can liability legally. purposes. Liability um, purposes. Um, but it's, from what I understand, I mean, McMahon's gone to, like, ridiculous extremes to make sure that never sees the light of day. Like, the, you know, the vault. It's inside a vault, inside a vault, inside the vault. Buried. Like, good luck. Buried, yeah. and then gets transported every three days yeah, to like, somewhere new, something like, like that. Good yeah. luck ever getting that out, which I don't want it out, so good. But, yeah. you know, but that and the draws injury aren't seeing the light of day ever. Uh... So we have this match after the incident. And they don't care. They don't care. And, like, it's a theme the rest of the night. Like, the wrestlers... Nobody cares. They're, to their credit, they try, but, like, no one is into this. They yeah. just, they don't... You know how I put it? Everybody was sleepwalking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you get a Deborah, uh, Nicole Bass moment that they were... It wasn't good when they were inside well, the ring. Yeah. 
Uh, Deborah tags Jeff in, and he's halfway on the other side of their apron. They let it go. Uh, Deborah hits Bass in the back of the head of the guitar, but it doesn't break. Bass then rips off Deborah's shirt. Val hits the money shot for the win. Six minutes, seven seconds. After the match, begin, uh, Bass begins to make out with Val, and he likes it. But you can tell that Nicole Bass is bleeding from the bottom of her head, probably from that guitar shot that didn't break. Corey? I gave this, understandably, a half star. Um, And that is completely out of respect for the four people trying. Who had to follow that? Yeah. They're they're all shook. One of them has no fucking... Or two of them have no experience at all as wrestlers. That, 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 this match alone can go down as the worst. Follow that. Yeah. Yeah, so two of them have no experience, and the other one doesn't have a lot. Val Venus is uh, and the only guy who can hold it all, new. the only guy who can hold it all together can hold it all together because he's he's fucking crushed. His, fuck one of his best friends just fucking fell seventy yeah. fucking feet. We get a uh, backstage Finch. We get the moment of Vince being stretched off, and then Shane coming out. Going, oh look. my god, what happened? What not, happened? Not a good look. I saw this and I went, no fucking way. Oh so yeah, they filmed this before all this thing though, right? Yes. Or during. No, they no, could have. No, remember because they, they, they were gone. Yeah, 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 yeah. They could have easily just scrapped this. There are so many things they could have done. They, they, Outside of the whole, you should have stopped the show, which I agree, they should have stopped the show. But since they didn't, there were so many little things they could have done or cut out that they just chose not to. It was more important to tell the story of the main event. We'll get to it later. Uh, we get a recap of the history of the New Age Outlaws as they use the DX theme song as the like beginning of each segment. Billy Gunn wanted to go on his own. And they show all the montage of, he's the best wrestler in WWE, WF history, maybe. Every year, like clockwork. Then they cut straight to a Road Dog promo. And he's in no condition to perform. Uh, well, then we get a Billy Gunn promo saying he's been carrying the Outlaws bags. For a while. It's true. You have been carrying the bag. Yeah. Deservedly so. Uh, he's been carrying the outlaws worse than the clamp. Ah, attitude. Got to get in that uh, sexual reference. Yep. So our next match, it's uh, B.A. Billy Gunn versus Road Dog. Uh, question. Mm-hmm. Why don't they have a current day shot of Road Dog? When they do like the photo of the coming up next, Billy Gunn versus Road Dog, it's still him and his like black... Jesse James. Jesse James outfit. Yeah, they don't really. It's been like two years since he's been Jesse James. They're pretty bad at those cutout uh, pictures back then. Like, they didn't really. Some of them were good and some of them were god awful. Mm -hmm. Uh, We get another match of both. I think for Rooks, he's still in like some of the nation gear. Like, they just. Austin's looks like a, uh, uh, a dead body. Like, he's lifeless. His arms are listless by him. And he's like. And they kept that one for four years. Like. Don't get it. Don't get it. Uh, you can you like this is the match alone that you can tell the crowd is just dead. Like they don't want, they don't know what to do. Like, okay, impossible to take it out, but pretend the Owen Hart thing didn't happen. Does this feud just feel lifeless? Yeah. Considering they were the hottest fucking team you had for two years, it's not a few that people wanted to see. They want to. They want oh. them to be the outlaws. You're saying, and I never thought about this, but you're right. You're saying this is their version of Hall and Nash breaking up. Mm-hmm. The crowd was just like, no. Why do we want to see that? Yeah. Like, yep, yep, yep. We didn't ask for that. We like, weren't cheering for one guy over the other. 
They were great as a team. Because he wants to push Billy Gunn and Vince's warped mind. You can't just have a guy a guys quit teaming and still be buds. They have to feud. Uh, they, then we can push them. We get a lot of headlocks from Billy. Uh, I believe there was a boarding chant. There should have been. I think there was. I felt like this was one of the matches. I mean, the rest of them are like this, but they did, I mean, as absolute basic as you could do. They ate up as much time as they could and just did as little as they wanted. A lot of punching. I don't blame any of the people on the show, but that's what it felt like I'd have a uh, fucking hard time focusing and doing the match we undoubtedly planned to have. Yeah, I'm sure this wasn't what they planned. Knowing that one of my coworkers I've known for years has fucking died in this ring, and here we are just, we're supposed to just carry on like nothing happened. No, I'm going to be fucking shook, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say, hey, dude, let's just punch and kick and do a headlock and get the fuck out of here. And that's what they did. The match goes uh, 11-14, Billy clotheslines Road Dog with the tag team belt, uh, the tag team rope, and then hits the famous sir for the win. Uh, one and a half stars. Yep. Uh, we get a backstage segment with Shane and Cole. Shane is uh, saying he will call it down the middle tonight. Of course. So our next match is the eight-man elimination match of Boss Man, Viscera, and Acolytes versus The Union. Why don't they just call it a Survivor Series match? That's uh, what it looked like. That's I mean, what you, it looked like. You created the goddamn gimmick. Call it what it is. You can do whatever you want. Uh, Tess hits Bradshaw with a running boot. Bradshaw runs to the outside and then just sprints back into the rig and spears Tess. I thought it was funny. Uh, Bradshaw eliminates Tess with the clothesline from hell. In my notes, I have it was either going to be Tess or Viscera being the first one to be eliminated. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shamrock eliminates Bradshaw with the ankle lock. Uh, Farouk has, I mean, Shamrock has Farouk in the ankle lock, but Bossman pulls uh, Farouk over to the ropes. Ref tries to pull Shamrock off, but then Shamrock loses it and hits a belly-to-belly on the ref to get himself eliminated. I'm so tired of the trope of Shamrock loses his mind and gets disqualified. Just fucking eat a pin. Yeah. It's, you know, it's been two why, years of this shit. Why now. are you trying to save him? What are you trying to save him from? Uh, Big Show comes in and chokes slams Farouk to eliminate him. Boss Madeline leaves, but Big Show gets him and pulls him back to the ring. Big, Big Show and Viscera then begin to fight, and then they fight to the back. They're both counted out, and then uh, Mankind... Takes on Bossman for a little bit and puts Mr. Sacco on for the win. This match goes 14-58. To me, you could totally tell that Foley did not want to wrestle because of the fact that he only wrestled for maybe a total of three minutes. So I actually think the opposite. I actually think this was exactly the match they laid out, and Foley is the biggest star in the match. He isn't going to wrestle long. He's also injured. Yeah, I mean, he's also beat the shit. He's, he's very injured. He's about to have knee surgery. Yeah. Like... There's that too. Yeah, he's going That's to. Why be, he's in tag matches? He's going to be gone for a while. Like we're just we're not going to see him soon. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly when it starts, but it starts soon. Um, this was pedestrian. They they fucked it up in my opinion. Um, mankind didn't need to win, but you know who did need to win? The Big Show. Mm-hmm. Look fucking dominant. Chuck slam everybody, and beat him. He should have been the sole survivor. Probably should have beat everybody. Honestly, yeah, he should have pinned all four of them. Yep. Should have done what take when they brought Taker in. Just have mm-hmm. him eliminate all four. But no, and we get one and a half stars. Uh, we get a recap history of Triple H and The Rock. Uh, we don't. Oh, yet. no. Not yet. Here we go we to don't. the announce table. Okay. I asked Corey about this. I was like, when does the announcement happen? Because I didn't know. After this match, they, um, they go to the announce table. And Jim Ross says sometimes uh, 
you know, the job can be pretty difficult. And he's got the responsibility at this time to inform all of us that Owen Hart has died from the fall he took earlier. And then if you... I don't... They didn't show it on the network. But uh, Lawler breaks. Lawler just starts crying. Oh, uh, yeah. Lawler is just... Like, in his own way. I don't even know if he heard what JR. I mean, he knows, but like he, I don't think he heard what JR. He, he saw. He saw. He yeah. was sitting there and he was looking to the left again, like just white as it goes. And as soon as he said the words has died, um, Lawler just kind of loses it. Yeah. And tries to hide the fact that he's losing it. And Jim Ross just looks like, like he wants to be anywhere in the world other than there and he wants to go see what's fucking happening. And, but, and this is, of course, where we get the famous, you know, they wanted an update. And Kevin Dunn, the producer, said, he's dead. We're back in 10, 9, 8, 7. So Jim Ross had all of 10 seconds to figure out how to tell the world, watching on pay-per-view, that Owen Hart had passed away. What do you think? And in retrospect, I think it's probably for the best. But I can see easily where someone might have a different viewpoint. What do you guys think of them not telling the live crowd he died? So I actually, I guess I'll just get into it now. It actually, this is where I'm conflicted on this show. I think in hindsight, and everybody agrees in hindsight, the show should have been stopped. Mm-hmm. So my, where I'm conflicted on this show, and this ties to your question. So when he falls, and I've always maintained that he died in the ring. Oh, yeah. It's never I, been I, proven. I, no. No one's ever going to prove that. So if you work off of that theory... That he doesn't die in the ring, and so he's theoretically alive when he leaves the ring. You don't cancel a show for somebody having an accident. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. So, if he just had an accident, and there's nothing more serious than he's just injured, you wouldn't tell the live crowd. And WWE has sworn for this entire time that he was not dead and until I, he got in the ambulance. And I don't agree with that. It's like, it's like the Dale Earnhardt thing. I don't agree that he died on the way to the hospital. I think he'd also died on the track. That's beside the point. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where I think they wouldn't tell the live crowd. It's also why I have, where I'm not 100% against them not stopping the show. I said that weird. Um, where it's like, for, I guess I'll percentage it. It's like 90% they should have, 10% they shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. The 10% being, at this point, when you make this announcement, you have two matches left. There's 35 minutes in the show. What's it going to matter stopping the show at this point? You've mm-hmm. already gone two and a half hours. From the time he fell until the time they made the announcement, it was like an hour and a half, real time. So at that point, what are you canceling? If you were holding out hope that he was going to live, there's no reason to cancel the show. I I will tell you that as a 19-year-old, I completely bought into the theory of, no, they should have kept the show going because there could have been a riot or something. Um, I bought their their line Mm -hmm. as a 19-year-old. Yeah. Uh, I do not feel that way now. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's I, complete horseshit. I, you know, as a nineteen, you're, you're stupid. You know? Yeah. And you and you're, you're a big fan, and you don't mm-hmm. know what to think. Um, but as an adult who sits here and has gone through life experiences and sees this shit, I should. And they should have stopped the match and or the, the show. And also, one thing, and I have to admit, I feel kind of stupid about this. I never thought of this until watching the Dark Side of the Ring episode when I think it was his son who said, "Why didn't they stop it?" As soon as he fell and died, that that's a crime scene, mm-hmm. and that's uh, and I never thought that would that be like it, that at that point. I actually don't think it was well, it was Vince's responsibility, but it was more law enforcement. Like they yeah. had the power to say, "I don't care what you think about your tickets. Uh, the show's over. 
Everybody it get out. It, we have to figure this law out. Law enforcement could have stepped in. Did and law like, enforcement know? No. What? No? Did law enforcement know he was even, saw something even happen? Well, I mean, the paramedics had to come get him. They had to radio ahead. At some point, somebody had to know. That's true. At that point, yeah. Uh, for me, if it, it's that it's that back then, keep it going. Now it's like uh, can't stop the show. Once for, for what it's worth, I think it's a product of its time as well. I think that if this were to happen now, oh, the crowd stops. would be fine with stopping the no, show. There's no sh- yeah, there's no um, shot how the show goes on. I do have my doubts in 1999 how that crowd would have reacted. If they stop the show, especially to your point, because they didn't, they weren't told. Yeah, and, and like so I don't honestly, know. So if and you put, well, so if you put yourself in their position, right? So you like, in storyline purposes, the Blue Blazer is a fucking idiot. Like it would not be above anybody in the Attitude Era to like pretend that he's dead. Which I think is why they JR. blew Vince McMahon up in '07, right? They blew yeah. him up in a limo. So like, oh, you if mean you come our- on the crowd and say, "Oh, what horse died," the crowds would be like. Bullshit. You mean that time in 07 where the president of our United States nowadays called Titan Towers to see yep. if Vince was really dead? Yep. Okay. So I think that had something to do with it. Like, I, they wouldn't have bought it, it anyways. It, you, you, I think you're right that in the 99 That seems mindset, like a storyline they would do. Because yeah. Vince Russo. It's totally a storyline. Yeah. 100% they, they would have. Which, hey... I, the bubbling I, idiot would have fell to his death. Which I think is why JR, during the initial... Was Moments trying to say like had this to, isn't had to say over and over again this is not a part of the not, show yeah this is and to your thing about telling the crowd live crowd about Owen I think there might have been some type of riot or some type of there would have been some unrest unrest a lot of people leaving the show so if they continued the show and then you see your arena now leaving however some, you know. And it ties back to something today, too. Can you imagine, like, this This company presents itself as a forward leader in entertainment and American pop culture. Mm-hmm. That's what they really believe. Yeah. If you were to stop the show right then and there and allow due diligence with police officers and all that, you could have gone a long way into proving that you are that. Yeah. Much like current day... Instead of hiding behind weird wording and pretending it doesn't exist, if they were actually at the forefront of facing the COVID situation responsibly with a smart way to handle it, they could actually be what they errantly believe themselves to be. Mm-hmm. Instead of immoral, money-grubbing jack-offs who really only care about their bottom line. Yeah. So... On my version, then we go to the history of the Rock and Triple H. Yes, because it's uh, after the the union match. It's a hard cut to the promo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this, yeah that's what happened. Rock there. begins to talk about China and Triple H, but uh, about to talk, but then China comes up and Triple H sneaks attack him. Triple H then uh, begins to cut the cast off, but Mankind comes out of nowhere and, and attacks Triple H. Triple H hits Mankind with a steel pipe. So our next match, it's. Triple H with China versus The Rock. Um, before the match, Triple H says that The Rock has no guts, so they should just ring the bell, give him the 10 count. Rock comes out. Rock wrestles with the cast on, as he was supposed to. Did they show Triple H beating the shit out of the casket in the uh, promo? That's good. I no? don't think, I think so. Did they cut that out? I don't out? remember that. Because he they beats the, referenced him, but they I don't think they the, showed it. They showed him think, beating the living shit out of that casket in the promo. I think they did, but they don't show the aftermath. Okay. 
They don't show. They only show. So. They, they show. I, if I recall, they show Triple H beating up the casket and then The Rock being stretchered. I gotta be honest, much like the rest of this point, I was I'll so show checked out yep. of this pay per view at this point. Me too. And you get clear by the like, especially at this point now on commentary because JR gave the news. Clearly, Hunter and Rock knew. Yeah. Like they were just like, fuck this. I, every bit of it. I wanted to check out so badly. I just, but I take the database gimmick very seriously. Yeah, and I stuck in. I um, watched it. I have a question about this match. Yeah, does Rock put the headset on? He does on, on the on Spanish, Spanish announce on the Spanish side. He doesn't do the American one. No. Nope, they cut that out. I, yep. And I knew they did because I yeah. was waiting for that spot because at knew, the end he says, "Oh, and the Rock loves you." And I knew that was coming, and I didn't happen. I was like. So they cut that, that entire part? part out of yeah, the Yeah, so they cut it out entirely. I mean, I can't say I blame them, but... I was curious, because I was wondering about that then. I meant to text you, and I forgot. Because that's the, that's the other thing from this event that I remember is him saying, oh, and The Rock loves you. And I was just, like, waiting for that, and I was like, well, he wouldn't say it on Spanish. Because the only that's time weird. Rock talks on, it's on the Smash announce table. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so they edited it out, okay. Uh, one thing, I, and it's that common thing about the... I'm, I very much hate match editing, but I understand that well. Uh, one thing I do like... And Corey agrees. When you come out, do your entrance, and the guy that you've been feuding with for weeks now is in the ring, and they try to kill you, you don't come out and pose. You run to the ring like Rock does. Rock brought it, boy. No, Rock did the right thing, um, which, of all nights, if he was going to forget that and do the old, this would have been the night to give a little leeway. Yeah, but honestly. Um, but no. It would probably be easier not to pose. Yeah. Like, Rock just... I can't imagine these two being put in. I mean, of, the, of there's anybody, period. But right. these two being um, thrown out there right after finding out he's dead, and like, oh yeah, no, no biggie. Just you know, go out and work now. Hit all the spots. How much about the? How much went about the fucking agent was like, go out there and kill each other. Probably, bro. Uh, Rockets on the Spanish announce table and says he's he can spe- speak fluent Spanish and it's all English. Uh, Triple H pulls it's the like, cast. I'm gonna, I'll kick your ass over. Yeah. Something. Uh, Rock pulls the cast off the Rock and hits it hits him with it. Which uh, so when earlier like I was like, why did he cut like one inch up the cast? That didn't make any sense. And then like I was like, okay, they were just getting to they were planning for the spot later but yeah. i was like that was a weird way to cut a cast but all right <laughs> uh china slams rocks broken arm on the announce table triple h focuses on the broken arm the rest of the match triple h is going to use the chair but earl stops him earl and triple h get into it but then triple h knocks out earl for the dq i was gonna bring that up right before the match when triple h was waiting for the rock to come out like i was just watching earl and he was just like in four other worlds he wasn't even he had no idea where he was I just, I remember staring yeah. at Earl and he'd be like, yeah. I admit I was watching, especially entrances and people standing in the ring. Yeah. To see who gave a shit and who didn't give a shit. Um, didn't find too many that didn't give a shit. Yeah. They all, the next two. <laughs> well. So this know. match went. A I'd l- like to think one of them did, but he's so engrossed in character. But you don't know. <laughs> uh, this match went 11.41. Two, uh, two and three quarters, sir. Okay. Uh, after the match, Rock hits Triple H with a chair shot. Um, I don't feel confident. But yeah, it was okay. They've definitely had better matches. Yeah. I mean, Speaking of that. Oh, and there's still aftermath. Huh? Yeah, still go, ahead, after go, ahead, go ahead. Uh, after the match, The Rock punches Earl. 
Uh, Rock beats Triple H, uh, beats up Triple H off the match. Hits him with the uh, hits him with the fan from the announce table. China goes to hit the Rock with the chair, but the Rock turns around. But Triple H shoves the Rock into China, having China trying to leave the ring, but she gets stuck on the ropes. Rock hits the Rock bottom on Triple H and goes for the People's Elbow with the chair placed on Triple H's head, but China pulls the Rock's leg, allowing Triple H to attack the Rock's arm with a chair. Mankind then comes out, makes a save as he's running down with the steel pipe that Triple H attacked him with earlier in the night. Is the Rock's arm actually broken? No. Okay. I was just curious. And boo on him because I remember reading at the time that he didn't even bother to kayfabe it most of the time. It's fair. Checks out. Um, speaking of n- matches they've had better, the main events, it's time for the main event. Yes, and it I is. have to ask you guys a question. Is there a set of main event wrestlers, big time stars, that have worse fucking chemistry in big time matches than Steve Austin and The Undertaker? Uh, have they had a good match? No. No. Not really. I would say this is probably better than their SummerSlam match. I would hope so. You got knocked fucking stupid. But um, there isn't... I don't know. It's... These two just do not click to nope. me in the ring at all. I think it's, they're both... Yeah, that's interesting. They're both... They're, with Austin's injury from the broken neck, he has tamed his work He's punch rate, kick, punch kick. Punch kick, too, then. Undertaker's punch kick, punch kick. <laughs> big boot, choke slam. Yeah, it's like apples and apples. Yeah. Not that I can think of, man. Like, that's kind of crazy to it think It hit about. me watching this again. I was trying to again. think of something in WCW, but nothing jumps to mind. Nah, it's just watching, these, watching this match again, I was like, Jesus, these two just fucking Can't do click. not have it together. And, never, like, and then I started thinking, I'm like, God damn, they never did. No, because DDP and Goldberg were fine. They made a lot of money together. Uh, but the matches were terrible. Brett and Goldberg? They only had one <laughs> match. Granted, it was a bad one, but... Yeah, I don't. I, that might be it. That might be yeah. the answer. Yeah, I mean, so fuck. So we get a history recap of the four men that are supposed to be in this match: Undertaker, Austin, Vince, and Shane. Undertaker kidnapping Stephanie for love. Uh, Austin making the save. The yeah, corporate holy wedding. The corporate ministry uh, formation. Shane making him the special guest referee. Shawn Michaels making Vince. Austin handcuffing Undertaker on the symbol on last week's Raw. So our main event for the WF. Heavyweight Championship match: Undertaker versus Stone Cold Steve Austin with special guest referee Shane McMahon. However, Pat Patterson comes running down, dressed up as the ref, saying he's replacing Vince. Uh, Undertaker, Undertaker comes out in his Mania WrestleMania outfit. Uh, Undertaker choke slams Patterson before the before Austin comes out. Uh, Stone Cold tries to do some moves, but Shane tries to. Uh, during the match, Shane Austin tries to do moves to Undertaker, but Shane tries to pull Undertaker away from getting hurt. They fight into the crowd. Undertaker chokes Austin with cords, and uh, Shane does the slowest five count ever. That he got to three in ten seconds. Undertaker places Austin's knee against the post and kicks the steel steps into them. Austin goes for the uh, Lou, uh, the Luthez press, but Undertaker reverses it. How many people have ever done that? I never on that. Austin. Yeah, not that I can. Not many. They brawl up the stage. Undertaker punches uh, through the, one of the glass windows on the set. Then Austin throws him through another one. 
Austin hits a double elbow drop off the second rope and covers Undertaker, but Shane stops at three. Paul Bear gives Undertaker a chair. Austin kicks uh, Taker and throws Taker into Shane. Austin then hits Taker with the chair. Briscoe then runs down to make the pin, but uh, Taker kicks out. Then Taker lays out Briscoe. Vince then shows up limping in the ring. My my and my notice at this time should have they had Vince come out. No, God no. Uh, Undertaker and Austin both sit up like Undertaker, but we have the camera facing down behind Shane's head, so you couldn't see them both lifting, sitting up. Uh, Austin hits a stutter, and Vince goes to the count, but Shane stops him. Uh, Vince and uh, starts to get into it with Shane. Austin goes over and pulls around Vince. Shane then shoves Vince into Austin, then who gets rolled up by Undertaker for a fast count by Shane. So your new heavyweight champion, Undertaker. This match went 22-58. That was terrible. I, I appreciated the effort, so I did go a whole two and a half. But that's as high as I could possibly give it. Um, this was a bad match. Um, one thing that was eerie, disgusting, but yet fitting it to me at one point. Was Undertaker stomping a mud hole into Vince on top of the blood of Owen Hart? That was unsettling, mm-hmm. but fitting in a way. Uh, so it's interesting you brought up the effort. I uh, Austin on his podcast has, has done Q and A's forever, mm-hmm. and I found this clip because I was curious. I, I went through a, a deep YouTube YouTube rabbit hole after this pay per view, just yeah. finding stuff. Somebody asked him because he was in the main event of this pay per view after Owen died. Did it change the match at all between him and Taker? And he gave two competing answers, mm-hmm. in my opinion. He said uh, that they didn't change the match a single bit. It's exactly what they laid out. But then said, but if it felt a little mechanical or robotic, you can understand why. Yeah. Like, so your match, if you didn't change it, you laid out a boring mechanical match. That's what you laid out, or I, you I, were so stricken by the moment that you didn't you didn't bother. You know what I mean? Like you can't tow the company line in one answer and then pretend to have sorrow the next. I can see where maybe he means it's the match we laid out, but we didn't execute it the best we could because we maybe. were because of the situation at hand. Uh, maybe I can that's see what where he was maybe that's at. what he's saying. But, um, it wasn't good anyway. Yeah. Um, and are very rushed into the pay-per-view. Ah, uh, yes. The corporate, min- well, corporate ministry runs down. Austin destroys them all as Shane is celebrating in the aisle. Got to get Steve's heat back. Shane sh- celebrating, then Undertaker shows up to get the title. That's the version of Hogan must pose. And then we, uh, that's how we end over the edge. Vince was never going to not do his part of the match. One, no. because it's part of the match. And two, match. Um, he no-sells everything. And he was notorious for no-selling everything with Owen here. Um, no one ever saw him cry. No one ever saw him break down. No one ever saw him even mildly flushed. Um, they say he does that to be the strong pillar, the strong right. boss that everybody needs and can go to. Um, and then others say he just doesn't give a shit because it wasn't him. It's probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah, probably. Because he does seem like the kind of boss who would be like, you know, I have to be hard-ass to make sure all the people are right and, and keep going. You know, it, you can bring that up to... The situation with Brett and when the screw job happened, the idea of he has to look strong in front of his team 
of his employees, all his team and all that to be, be like, hey, I'm not having him leave my company with my belt. But then it was an accident. Like, you can show. He absolutely believed, guys, yeah. that that uh, promo with the whole Brett screw Brett thing was going to make him a baby face. Yeah. Checks out. It was never supposed to make him the evil Mr. McMahon. Brett was supposed to be the evil guy who, who it was his back. only. It was only a couple weeks after that when the crowd kept booing that people had to tell him, look, you've You're got something now. here. <laughs> Run with it. He absolutely believed that would make him the baby face. Honestly, it was maybe one of the earliest instances where he thought people would cheer the logo and not the superstar. Mm-hmm. So let's go on to Monday, Monday night, and then we'll just do the discussion of... So before we get or to do you Monday want to do night, it now? Well, no, but I just want to add something. So, because talk, Corey talked about no-selling everything. So you know Vince did a press conference after the event, right? Ooh, yeah, that was no. all good. So he did a press conference. I've never found the whole thing, but there's a clip. It's about a minute and a half, and there's press asking him questions. I mean, he's like... And somebody asked him something essentially... Why didn't Owen have a backup rip line or something else he could also attach to in case this happens? And she was like, essentially, any experienced rigger knows to have a fail-safe. So if one thing breaks, you're still connected. And Vince McMahon, who two hours earlier, one of his wrestlers died, says, I'm not an expert in rigging. Apparently you are. I don't appreciate your tone. Jesus Christ, Then I don't appreciate your tone, lady. Yeah. Wow. Like, Fuck, man. Jeez. Like, right there, he had a chance to, like, show remorse and be like, he could have been like, at that point, it's the age-old thing where just say, I don't know. Don't, we don't just, have, I don't know, we I don't, don't have answers. We don't have answers, we're looking into everything. You know, our condolences go out to, you know, just give the spiel if you want to do PR control and pretend to be caring, but, like, don't Should be have, like, yeah. fuck you, don't ask me that stupid question. Who called Martha? Vince. Vince. Was yeah. it Vince? Yes. Vince McMahon called her. It was Vince. Yeah. At least he did that. He probably was no good at I, it. I, he wasn't, and I'm sure people are like, you have to fucking call her. Like, yeah. we, you have to be the one to tell her. She can't find out my news or, God forbid, like, Stu calls her. Right. Like, you like, have to tell her. I'm sure he had to do He was shoved into an office with Taker saying, like, no, you're calling Martha. You're not coming out of the room. Yeah. All right. Bro. So, time out. May 24th, 1999, and we're in St. Louis. Raw is Owen. Uh, they start the show off with all the wrestlers on the ramp. The crowd's chanting Owen. No, except for one. There's one person not there. It's his gimmick. Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. You know, for honestly, for years I thought... I thought for years that um, Austin wasn't there. But he was. But he was, he was so like in right the in the middle. middle but yeah, yeah, he's right in the middle. Uh, I thought so, too. That's yeah. why I, I noticed him. I'm like, oh, he is there. I, uh... Of course, Vince and Lyndon, Stephanie were out front. This, Shane was not there either, was Shane he? Shane was. No, he, he was. He, he, was, was, in in the, he was in the back. Crowd. Okay. Yeah, he was he, with. Uh, when they pan, like, if you look, like, in the back row, like, Farouk and the Acolytes were at, he was, like, the, in front of them on yeah. the far end. Can you kind of say this is the first time they broke kayfabe? Pillman. Because, Pillman? Pillman's yeah. was kind of a breaking cave because of all the fan, all, all the superstars on the ramp, and kind of like, oh look, there's, they're all not in their gear, they're not. Or we're here for a special night, Jim Ross tells us. Uh, as we're dedicating this night to Owen, uh, they gave a ten bell salute. I already had, already had goosebumps. Yeah, I was just, yeah. 
Uh, we get a tribute montage with a Vince voiceover. Uh, commentary says it's a tribute to Owen. We're going to have 10 unique matches tonight. Superstars will be talking about Owen. We get one for the first tribute to Mick Foley and talking about how his son loved Owen and always wanted to be like him. And then when Owen finally cut his hair, he was just looking like him. Dad, I look like Owen Hart. That's uh, cool. First one got me. Yep. Tribute. Well, I knew Foley's one. Uh, tribute uh, from Bradshaw talking about how Owen was cheap and was just trying to save money for his children so he can retire young. You know what he used to do on the road, right? He would have fans pick him up from the airport, right. and he would sleep at fans' houses. He would stay at their house. That, that's cheap. Because, yeah. like, and, of course, fans were like, hell yeah, I have yeah. Owen Hart in my but, house. But he would actually, like, spend the time with him. I mean, like, help out, have yeah. dinner and talk and help out, yeah. But it's because he didn't pay for anything. But, yeah, that's he didn't awesome. pay for anything. That's awesome. So our first match of the night, Jeff Jarrett versus Test. Once again, throw out the best <sighs> friend. First match. I mean, I guess at some point, like, he gets out the way that he can leave. Uh, he's not there the entire yeah. show, at least at that point. But, yeah. Uh, Jarrett grabs the mic and says that Owen was never a nugget. Uh, during the match, Deborah gets on the apron, takes her jacket off. Tess then rubs his nipples and then grabs her ass. Jarrett, uh, Deborah slaps Tess, and then Jarrett wins with the sharpshooter. That was cool. That got me. Uh, also, uh, so when Deborah stood up, JR was like, hey, King Puppies. He was like, Puppies. Yeah. Like he just yeah. He wasn't into tell. the gimmick. Yeah. He didn't yeah. care. The puppy, the everything Deborah's doing, so, he's just like, no. Since you brought that up, I might as well talk about this now. Yeah. As much as I empathize with Jim Ross last night, I'm going to take him to task tonight. Yeah. In the span of 24 hours, it sounds like he'd gotten back into swing of things, being corporate, drank Vince's Kool-Aid, and was here to shield their version of everything. With the exception of a few times... Where he at the very end cracked and told oh. Owen jokes and then broke down at the end. You um, could tell he the, was uh, he was very corporate, Jim. You could tell. You could tell that J, uh, that Jr. was more, but he, he was trying to be more upbeat for this show. Yeah. He was trying to turn it into um, a celebration, a celebration instead of a a remembrance, which I'm all for. They went about it the wrong way, which yes, I'll talk about later. This was but, self-serving. Yes. Yeah. Uh, then we get another tribute. Mark Henry, he, he's reading a promo. Poem. This is the poem. one that is famous. This is the one that everybody remembers. Yeah. Foley and Henry are the two promos from this that they get remembered. Cause, yeah. uh, and I didn't know this until Henry's Hall of Fame. He was trained, if they're right? Or he, yeah. he trained with Owen? Yeah, he spent a lot of time with Owen. So um, he's like really close with the family. Yeah. He's one of those that spend time up uh, in Stampede or up in Calgary. Um, yeah. And hell, if you're going to learn, uh, Owen's a good place. Owen's a good guy to learn from, man. Uh, we get one from Draws saying that Owen was always there to cheer the room up if it was down. Now, this, this is what I had a problem with. I have nothing against Draws, but have people on here who knew him. Like yeah. Some of these were like, you know, I haven't been here too long and I didn't really know him, but uh, he'd tell a lot of jokes. Yeah. We're going to miss him. Uh, really? What's yeah. the fucking use? Owen, uh, he, you know, Owen would rib the guys. Owen at signings would give away the entire match that they're doing that night. I love that. I remember the one story about the one kid who traveled. Um, this is like back in like 94, right? So he had to do an autograph signing as a heel, which was yep. weird at the time. They didn't so really weird, do that. Man. But he's out there, and this kid um, is an Owen Hart fan. And Owen's like nice to him. He's like, I came. 
Like, I drove, my dad drove three hours to see you beat Brett tonight for the title. It's like, I got bad news for you, kid. I tap out to the sharpshooter in 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but he signed his picture. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. So our next match, unique matches. All right, it's for the, it's X-Pac and Kane. I don't know if it's for the tag titles. It is. It is. They say it is, and they say it's not at one point. So it's like, Which one I'm is assuming it? it is. Okay. Versus Edge and Gangrel. Uh, Christian gets involved, but Kane hits a total roll backbreaker. Okay. Because Kane can. Uh, X-Pac hits a Bronco Buster on Edge while Kane chokeslams Gangrel. Kane then Gorilla press slams X-Pac onto Gangrel for the win. And this is one of the tributes that I remember, and it's Triple H in China. I'm conflicted on this one. I am too. That Owen, uh, you know, China's saying that Owen always made them laugh. Oh. China would always show up to the arena with her hair puffed out, but Owen would try to match her or go get bigger and yep. try and beat her. Then uh, Triple H tries to talk, but he's trying to hold it in slash crying the entire promo. Owen was always the best. Uh, Owen's the only one that could schoolboy him and backslide him at the Royal Rumble and won't let him out. That was a funny story. But, like, this is one of the ones, like, I remember because he's, Triple H is just kind of, you're, sh- you're seeing the real. He's definitely em- sad. Yeah. But I don't. But I don't buy it too much. Go I on. Know, I don't know that I buy it too much. Uh, I mean, he famously was one of the ones that helped fucked over his brother. He wasn't best friends with Owen. He yeah, barely, he barely liked Owen. He didn't like the Hart family. They weren't close. Uh, I think this is. <laughs> Uh, and I'll get to it later with some other people. I think this was, while some genuine emotion in Triple H, uh, one of the early steps of him it wouldn't doing f- good posturing. It wouldn't be the first time, and you're hardly the first person who's said this about this. Yeah. And I, that's why I said I'm torn. Like, he looks sad, but I don't know. There was something about it that kept me from going, this is genuine. For me, it felt like if a coworker of yours dies that you knew their name but you didn't hang out with them, you'd be like, oh, that fucking sucks for like an hour and then you're like I didn't know you at all mm. like I'm still sorry but I'm just not that sad yeah uh, we get a tribute from Dave Hebner okay fuck this, this. this uh, my quote me fuck this dude did you like this one Joe uh, no he, he spent saying- the first two minutes talking about how fucking great working for Vince McMahon and the WWF is so I mean this came off as total like spin control oh. like this came off so hacky yeah, all, all, what he said about Owen was Owen was a special person and someone who could make you laugh and we smile. We get it. He was a river. Uh, our next match is the Hardy Boys versus Kai and Ty. Yeah, they're back. They're back, yeah. T- Taka, Michinoku, and Funaki. Uh, Jeff Hardy hits a swanton to Taka on the outside. Hayes throws ta- Funaki in. Look like the still steps, but uh, Matt Hardy hits a drop kick. Taka hits a crossbody the outside on the Hardys. Uh, Matt wins with the Trist of Fate. Uh, tribute, uh, Bruce Pritchard. How he's a wonderful person. It was such a basic sentiment. He was like, hey, he was a good father and husband. Good wrestler. Here's what I think about this. You can tell on the sit-down promos who actually gave a shit about Owen. And then anybody who just said he was a good person and a good ribber mm-hmm. either didn't really know him that well or doesn't really give a shit. Yep. Um, coincidentally, most of those are the office. Uh, then we get a p- tribute from Dustin Runnels. 
how he was a family man, a prankster. Uh, Dustin tells a story about how Owen put hot sauce in <laughs> Harley Race's chili. That was a fantastic story. Harley chasing Owen around with a stun gun, and you should have seen his eyes. So, most of the stories tonight I heard before. This is yeah. one I had not heard before. It was <laughs> hilarious. Oh, man. I, I feel like ribbing Harley Race is, taking, is, is a bold move. I also know this isn't the first time. Um, I don't have any specifics. I just remember reading from books that ribbing Harley at his famous barbecues was a common, constant thing for Owen. Like, Harley (laughs) knew it was coming and would try to combat it, but somehow get caught up in something and then find out he'd already been fucking pranked. Uh, Our next match was Hardcore Holly versus Ken Shamrock. Shamrock wins with the ankle lock. I was disappointed. I shouldn't have been because none of these guys are trying. Yeah. yeah. And I don't blame them. Nope. But for some reason, when I heard Ken Shamrock versus Hardcore Holly, I was like, this could be good. Could be, yeah. could be but, but come to think of it, I didn't say it, but I fucking loved the Hardy Boys kind of time match. Yeah. You I, mean two good tackings? Yeah. Gas. Uh, tributes. Um, one, uh, Farouk, about how he's with his family. You know, they're supposed to be a family. That when they're away from their families... About 300 days a year. You know, this is their family. He's like, you could tell Fruit just didn't know him that well. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, was, it wasn't hacky. It wasn't tacky. I don't take him to task. It was just like, you know, we're a family and I'm sad he's gone. Yeah. He didn't have some kind of personal shit, you know. Uh, then we get one from... It felt very much like, a, hey, you're a locker room leader. We'll talk about Owen. Yeah. yeah. Then we get one from Test. Uh, Tess tells a story about how they, they got to Chicago to do two day uh, two show day. <laughs> the first show got canceled. They're at the um, hotel. Tess gets a phone call from the arena saying that uh, Tess is the man they need to talk to about what they're going to do with the second show. Tess kept saying, he kept going like, hey, I'm not the guy you need to be talking to. And the guy hung up saying, Tess said to cancel the second show. <laughs> And then he said hey. that he found out that day. Yeah, he there found was out Owen. this morning that it was Owen who did it to him. So like two months ago. Phenomenal. That's almost my favorite one. My favorite one for Owen will always, and I think it was Brett that tells it, or someone, about WrestleMania five in Atlantic City, New Jersey, and they brought Stu with him because yep. both boys were wrestling in that card. Yep. And Stu gets a phone call from the lobby from one of his old-time <laughs> yeah, guys. yeah. Yeah, I think I could take you, Stu. I always did, and I think I still can. Getting Stu all worked up, ready to go down and stretch somebody in the yep. goddamn, in the goddamn entrance way of the hotel, and then finally gets down there, and realizes, God, I'm goddamn Owen, and it was Owen the whole time. Owen's like in the lobby, laughing behind a paper. <laughs> yeah. God damn it, Owen! <laughs> so our, our next match was Billy Gunn versus Mankind. Uh, I'm sick of this match. It, we've seen it three times in two weeks. So. I, uh, it's so unique. B- Billy does, he puts the McFoley's like, if you're not down with Owen Hart, yeah, I got two words for The crowd was into that. And then Mankind's out, and it says Mankind with PMS. And I was like, well, I uh, noticed that. I'm like, he's why not, is, but okay. Why is Mankind with PMS? He's that's, the new meat. That's weird. Got oh, it. wow. That took a weird Can you imagine turn. They turn, they, they trade meat for McFoley. Well, I mean, he does talk about Chef Fuerty. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, JR tells a story about how he had to go to ringside for one of the shows where he's missing his hat. And it was Owen that stole Three straight weeks. TV saves. Yeah. Uh, Billy gets a chair and tries to climb in, but Mankind hits, puts Mr. Sacco on, and the ref calls for the bell. Count out. He got counted Count- out. Oh. Yeah. Well, Jared's like, I don't know what's happening, but yeah. I guess. He got counted out. He got, cool, okay, he won. Uh, oh, fuck. Mankind does the Owen woo. Woo! Yeah. 
Uh, but then we get a Jeff Jarrett tribute, which I that's another well, one, one I was remember. Tough. Yeah, this is uh, this is what Triple H was going for. Yeah, and Jeff Jarrett actually pulled it off because he cared. How much you want to bet Triple H watched Saw Jared his first? Curtis. Yeah, um, we're, we're being so mean to Paul, but goddamn it, Owen now uh, Owen was a friend, and he said that Jarrett's gonna uh, Jarrett said he's gonna let Owen's kids know that he was a great man. Unfortunately, he didn't get the chance. And he said that um, like this would be a little selfish, but I'm not gonna have my buddy around anymore, yeah. and like. That one got me hard. That's a real emotion. That yeah. got me. That hit me really hard when he said that. Uh, then we get a tribute from Edge. Oh. I like this one, too. Edge too. said how he always helped uh, helped him on the road with Canadian traveling Mafia. and the matches. My favorite is during the match, though, the last match. Yeah. Uh, Owen. Uh, that was what, the last match. Owen, uh, Owen and Jeff against Edge and Christian. Yeah. Owen will always have a smile. And he said that in Owen's last match, he came out. Wearing the blue blazer boots, but he was in the, the own heart gear. The silver red own heart gear. And he had his hair messed up, and then he gave me judo chops to the ground. At, Hi-ya! Hi-ya! Classic. Reminds me, I can't remember who it was, but I, I think... God, I think it was Foley, but I, I can't remember. Who, like, a year earlier told the story about how Owen, in a house show match, went out and grabbed the gigantic, like, 10-pound bag of popcorn from a vendor... And brought it in and used it as a foreign weapon against mankind and whoever the hell else he was wrestling. He was just hitting him in the head with the popcorn. I think <laughs> it was Mick Foley. And also yeah. there's another one, I believe it's Triple H, where they were doing a match and Owen was just doing like exaggerated <laughs> running in slow motion to hit the ropes. And so Triple H is like, okay, we well, just did it back and forth for like two minutes. It's this exaggerated run. And then Owen just fell down. Uh, our next match is the new, new mega powers of D'Lo and Henry versus the Acolytes. During the match, D'Lo does the Owen, woo, and then he gets booted. Uh, Farouk is holding D'Lo, but Bradshaw accidentally hits boots Farouk, and D'Lo rolls up Bradshaw for the win. This is, uh, and at some point in this match, this is where they tell that story uh, about Bradshaw and Black beginning in a fight at the airport. Oh, yeah. And Lawler's like, yeah, we're speaking inside terms here, but, you know, Bradshaw and, and Blackman got to find the airport, and I was standing there with Owen and Jack Lanza watching, and Owen was just laughing his ass off. He probably set it up. He probably, yeah, probably did. set it up. <laughs> so, hey, you stole your bag there. Uh. Uh, we get a tribute from Pat Patterson. Owen's a special person, one of the best performers, and a great person on the outside of the ring. Um, hardcore Holly. Or Owen. Didn't have a lot to say. Hey, oh. he, he let me. He put me over in my hometown once. Yep. Cool. Thanks. Uh, Thanks, Bob. Then we get our next match of Road Dog and Godfather. And then during the whole thing, Jared. This I remember. Jared tells us a story about how Owen pantsed him in the, in a pool. There was shrinkage. And there was shrinkage. <laughs> uh, however, Road Dog and uh, Godfather take the hose and say, let's go light one for Owen. And they leave. Let's go smoke a blunt and tell Owen stories. And I was like, now that's and where I would have been. like, fuck yeah, dude. Yep. That's where I would have went. I would have yeah. hung out with him all day. Oh, yeah. We get a tribute from Paul Bear. He reads, a, reads a another poem. Basic eulogy. But yeah. It's like an old country western lyric. Yeah. Uh, X-Pac does tribute best guy inside and outside of the ring. Uh, our next unique match is Al Snow versus Triple H. Triple H wins with the Bulldog. Uh, tribute, Road Dog. Uh, it was pretty hard for him to talk. This one, one I kind of felt because he said, he was honest, he's like, he just recently got close to Owen. Yeah. yeah. Like, over the last six months, so. Uh, Jared Briscoe, tribute, how he will always remember Owen. And if I wanted to hook you, you'd be hooked. <laughs> Next unique match, basically, was a handicap match, a Big Show versus Goldust and Blue Meanie. Uh, 
Goldust chokes on both of them, and he like legitimately picks up Meanie and tries to get him higher up in the air, holding him for the strength. Covers both men. Uh, tribute, uh, Deborah. Another sad one. That's about, so sad. Uh, saying that she uh, Owen would make her happy every day. Uh, would uh, draw on her hands at signings when doing not signing out here accidentally. You know, scraper with the marker. Uh, then Shane tells a story about how uh, uh, about ten years ago, Brett and him ambushed Owen while he was sleeping, and then the next day they wake up and Brett's boots are missing and Shane's stuff are all soaked in the shower. See, like this one, I didn't mind because of, and we've said it before. Of all the McMahons, Shane actually acts like a human. Yeah, um, and there's multiple stories of him rolling with the boys on the road yep. in the 90s and Vince not caring for it. Yep. Um, and this is a cool story. I'd like, to, I'd like to see Brett and Shane like hanging out and deciding to fuck with Owen. That just sounds fun. And then just being like, I remember like, I, I used to imagine Owen waking up with like, Shane and Brett, huh? All right. So before we finish, Don't river, river. this reminds me of a tweet I saw from an interviewer and he, he had a picture on there. It was from uh, like June of 96. Mm-hmm. And it's Owen and Davey Boy playing a wrestling video game while they're interv- being interviewed by this guy. And he's like, it was an awesome interview. They're both really f- uh, forthright and upcoming. And uh, at one point, Owen turns to Davey Boy and like, so I heard you're going to WCW. And Davey was like, yeah, I heard you were going to WCW. And he's like, yeah, thinking about it. And then they both stop, turn around to the guy and says, don't print that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, our last, ma- our main event match is Val Venus versus The Rock. Uh, Rock dedicates this match to Owen. Hits, but it was like a quick one minute. This match. was a quick. Earl looked shell shocked. Yeah. yeah. And The Rock, yeah, as, as I wrote, they just got through this as quickly Rock as humanly possible. Rock bottom people's over for the win. Uh, commentary. This is their moment that they get to, you know, say they loved him and goodbye. And, and Jr. Jr. breaks down. Jr. breaks down. Both both do, but Jr. You can hear his voice crack when yep. he's talking. Yeah. Uh, and then Austin comes out and gives a toast to Owen, and the memorial of Owen's on the Titantron, and that's how we end Bra. I'm torn by the last part. Part of me believes, you know, Austin could have ill will towards Owen Hart, but still not want to see him dead. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, so coming out and cheering and toasting him one last time, it's a nice gesture. On the other hand, the cynical side of me feels that this is PR for both the company and Austin. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I just don't know which way it, I'm it's, swaying It's more. difficult because the, according to Mr. My Partner, the reason is because Owen never apologized to him when he broke his neck. But he did. And that was the rumor innuendo. What's the story about that? I've heard... I've heard most he, of it is he never did. Yeah, but but I've also heard a couple of people say that's bullshit. So I think it's bullshit because it's Owen Hart, and why would he yeah, not like, apologize? And um, so I heard it that he tried. So that's why I kind of say because he tried, and Austin essentially wouldn't accept it because he thought he did it on purpose. Because yeah. during the match, Austin didn't want to take the move, and Owen gave him the move anyways. No, it, you know it's always been weird about that. Five years earlier. In the G1 tournament in August of 92, Steve Austin broke Masahiro Chono's neck with a tombstone pile driver uh-huh. where he sat out. 
uh-huh. instead of dropping to the knees. Uh-huh. So you heard me right. He broke someone else's move with the same exact move. Yep. He broke their neck. Five years. That's weird. That's awkward. I just don't buy that Owen Hart, of all people, wouldn't apologize. Right? Yeah. Like, like so that's to the- a person... He's like the nicest dude ever. There's no. literally not a bad thing anybody says about this man. And you're going to tell me he's not going to apologize for breaking somebody's neck? Yeah. So, let's, uh, before we move on with the Owen stuff, let me go back and do the buy rates and the rating for Raw. So, the buy rates for Over the Edge. So, last year it got a point five eight. What was last year? Ooh, that was the... Probably the best Attitude Era main event ever with Austin and Mick Foley. Dude, oh, love. That's right. Um, that's right. Wow, that's a terrible buy rate for that. 0.58. Yeah. And then Slamboree for WCW this year, 0.48. Yeah. So this year's uh, Over the Edge got a 1.24. My God. They're just on fire right now. They could put anything on the paper and people would buy it. it and then the Raw app. Why couldn't this one be the... <laughs> Then the Point raw one night. Right. Yeah. So the raw after uh raw after this paper you got a seven point two. Well good for him. People wanted to tune in and honor Owen. So But holy fuck. This this was a tough watch for both nights. Hmm. We I know we didn't talk about it, so let's do it now. The whole situation with Owen that they WWE F wanted to make him the Blue Blazer again to make fun of Sting for some reason. That Sting was the superhero of WCW. It was double-edged. It was to make fun of Sting and, to a small part, Hulk Hogan being a good guy again right. on WCW. But it was also punishment for mm-hmm. not doing the whole I'm in love with Deborah breakup with Jeff because and, he didn't want to put his family through that. And let's be honest... It's still carryover from Montreal. They Probably still a bit, hold a grudge. They never let him go. He was the only one they wouldn't let go. Mm-hmm. Imagine if they did. So then they have him clip. They get a harness for him to go up. However, when they, he comes down the other harnesses, it just looks too too comical. They don't know what to do. They don't like that. So Vince, they go you know, to safety. They don't like that because they. When they watch WCW, you see Sting come down. He sometimes struggles with it. But there's one time that he comes down, clips it instantly. So Vince that was tri- still a safer clip. A safer clip. So they go with these people like, oh, yeah, all you got to do is uh, just move your weight and then it'll pop off. And then we watch Dark Side of the Ring and then you see the clip. I wouldn't feel safe connecting my little girl's three-pound chihuahua to that clip. Oh, I wouldn't. Yeah, the, the clip is the size. Is, it's, it's not even a good carabiner. I could. I want to even put my sunglasses to that because it's so small, and they thought it could support a guy that's 250. Hey, and let's not forget that we found out during Dark Side of the Ring that up until that afternoon, he was going to have Max Mini attached to him on the front. So you know what's funny about that? That's an that? extra 100 pounds. I, uh, so I can't even say I learned that on Dark Side of the Ring because Brett wrote that in his book. I forgot about that. <laughs> Did he? I, I, so I read the, uh, the chapter today that dealt with the, the date with Owen. Mm-hmm. 
And he talks about that. He said that um, he was supposed to have... So I'm not going to use the way he phrased it. Midget? Mexican midget. Is, I was like... That's what he is. God damn, Brett. Like, I, I mean, I, you I, know, he's born and raised in the 50s and 60s. I mean, it's not you know. like it's, that's not like it's a hard end. You know, he, a midget. Whatever. Anyways. I know lots of little people that want to be called midgets. But, uh, so he talks about... It was about not it. a sentence I thought I'd be saying today. It's, <laughs> um... That, yeah, he was supposed to have somebody else attached to him. And for whatever reason, they nixed the idea, but... Thank God. Also, It was actually the same guy who portrayed Brett in, uh, after Montreal. Let's... Jesus. Yeah. Let's also not forget that, uh, the story, and I knew this has been going on since 99, the story was earlier in the day, Owen didn't want to test it, so they tested it with a, like a... Like a bag, a tackling bag that fell because mm-hmm. it couldn't hold it. So earlier in the day, they did one test through with an inanimate object that didn't work. Because yeah, and still decided to go with it. Because the idea of the show, uh, the idea of the clip would be that he falls down and then he like shifts his weight and then it'll pop off. Well, he's he's in the air during this time and then it pops off. All of this. For a, and let's not forget, this is all of this is for a bullshit C level gag mm-hmm. that would have gotten a chuckle from one tenth of the audience for 10 seconds and a third from the bottom lower mid card match. Yep. It didn't need to happen, it served absolutely no purpose. It didn't. It didn't. So let's go to the the we we were discussing it earlier. Should they stop the show? Should they what what? Oh, and the follow up question: What they what could, what should have they done on Monday? So I think for the first question, it's really an impossible answer because I honestly the right answer is yes. But it's not. But it's, it's not, not the practical. A, it's answer. not a black and white statement. It's not a black and white situation. There are other factors involved, some of which I laid out earlier. Um, and I actually had never thought about what they should do on Monday. Actually, until I reread Brett's book today, which is, uh, I mean, he fucking hated it. He thought it was just self-serving and PR spin and garbage. Um, exactly. He said how I felt if about they it. really wanted to tribute Owen, they should just showed matches. Show the best of a live show. You mean the thing they tried to do eight years later with with disastrous results? Yep. Um, They should have done that for Owen if they wanted to tribute to him. It's true. You could have just refunded the tickets. Yep. Had a best of all. Or honestly not because you taped Raw. So you could have just taped the Raw the next night and had everybody come back tomorrow. We'll tape Raw. Uh, you could have. You could have taped Raw that. Yeah. You could have taped Raw that night. Actually, oh, no. The, no. Just give um, day. But give give people a day. But yeah, you, you could have still filmed people who gave a shit. Yeah. To put their little things in between the best Owen matches you have and pick the ones that are actually good. I love I love the. F- it's but that would involve Brett. Just watching it, seeing that hey. This is a tribute to Owen. However, they put him on the screen twice. This, yeah, no, this screams, and I'm, I kind of thought this at 19. Yeah. I absolutely believe it now. This was absolutely designed to be nothing but spin control mm-hmm. for the WWF. To make them sympathetic. Yep. And don't even get me started on the shit they did after this. Yep. 
the the inexcusably offensive, cold-hearted, callous shit they did. Like, pay volunteer to pay for his funeral, and then put it all out in the uh, newspapers about how you paid for his funeral, including dollar amounts. Yep. Who does that? How about suing his wife because he wasn't finishing his contract? It, his fucking was this the was this the funeral that only Jr. showed up? No, 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 no. That was uh, Nancy's. Okay, and Daniel okay. was, and he wasn't. That's right. I, it was one of those. I knew. I knew. I no, knew. So one had. This a is lot. where everybody yeah. was there. Like Hulk was there. Benoit was there. Like everybody yeah. from both companies. So the only one who wasn't funny enough was Bischoff. And Bischoff called Brett and said, "Hey, like, whatever. I'm doing stuff. I can't. Make I can't it, make but it." Everybody else was there. I, I knew there were... I, it's, it's it was the same. It was the following Monday. It was the 31st. It was the following Monday because so, they brought that oh, up Oh, Martha, Martha requesting not to show any funeral footage on Raw. Vince promising he wouldn't. And then that and then, night opened up the show with funeral footage. Uh, so I was I, actually... This I wonder the if that's sh- edited. It had better be. I was going to ask during the show. Because um, JR kept saying that Martha wants to thank all the fans for your gratitude. He never talked to her. Horse shit, right? He never talked to her. Horse shit. She didn't talk to anybody. She talked to Vince when he told her. Uh-huh. That's it. And then lawyers. Uh-huh. That's all she talked to. Complete yep. garbage. They're trying to turn it around that they're in the right. This is them. You know, we lost our buddy. We lost our pal. Mm-hmm. We lost our worker. Feel bad for us. Yeah. It, it Watching this, these two episodes, two shows, 20 years later, still kind of be like, you know, there were some onions in the room during the tributes, but it just blows my mind on how they try to... Some of the tributes, yes, control. were heartfelt. Spin control. Uh, Jarrett, uh, Mark Henry, oh. uh, Mick Foley. Deborah. Deborah. And there was uh, Road Dog. Edges was Edge was Shane's was good. Shane's was good and um, X Pac. Yeah, like uh, honestly, most of them. Yeah, there was a some that was. There like, were only only a couple that were like god awful, it, which is Hebner and Richard. There were office. It's like all the talent, and then you put like, you put, you just put, like was not unnecessary. You put like, all the talent down the uh, like down the honest in this. You have Triple H in the middle, and then you have all the other the back office. And like I said at the beginning, I have a far bigger problem with Raw than I do Over the Edge. Yeah. What's um, that? The fact that this is it. I feel sick watching Raw. Over the Edge, everything was happening in real time. You can excuse them for not knowing how to handle things as they're fucking unraveling in right. front of them. Um, Raw was slimy to me because it was, it was pre-written to be cover-up, make WWF look nice, make it look like the victim... It, you just, I felt dirty after watching it. The voiceover to start the show is disingenuous yeah. at best. Just never felt it. Uh, to me, it, it's disgusting. And it's to me now w- watching back because I hadn't watched it in, God since then either. Yeah, it's disgusting, and it's it's one of the more disgusting things that I've ever seen from that company. In a long list, in a long list of yeah, things which they goes done. a long way. And imagine the ground that covered. Yeah, I like I was like I said this show. These two shows are just like kind of that gut wrench of you can know you just like you can see for you you can see the real emotions and humans of what they have to go through and if 
24-hour time span of, you know, they're on cruise control on the pay-per-view because they're all in shock and all. And then the next night, it's like, hey, we still have to do your job. How much you want to bet he, tr- he at least talked to somebody about the idea of getting Martha on TV that night? I'm sure. Remember what he did with Pillman's widow? He yeah. probably pitched it. God damn it. How, if- how are you going to take care of yourself and your family now that he's a druggie and dead? Do you, yeah. do you mind if we interview you tonight? No. I mean... Um, it struck me as I... I didn't realize how young he was. Yeah. That he is a year older than I am right now when he died. So young. And he, I mean, he had a phenomenal career up to that point. And, I mean, it was on the backside, but by his own choosing. But he still had a, a few good years left. It, Can you? Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say. I, 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 I was sorry. When watching all of this and being able to see what he, he you have the network, so you can go back and watch it when he was younger, just a little bit younger. And you're watching all he can do now. You can just tell that there are points in the, this last four years we've done of, like, the mat, when he gets in the ring with people, he brings out the better of them. Here, and if not, he were rib them in some shape or form. You know, we had a couple, what, month or two ago, him and... uh Owen and I think X Pac. Him and X Pac, whenever they got in the ring together, holy shit! Like even in a, a three minute spurt. Yeah, incredible. And their just, matches from '94 are just <laughs> ridiculous. Just the, you know, you're garnering more respect for the guy. I've always felt this way. Imagine if you had Owen's ability, and he cared as much as Brett did. Yeah. Not to disparage Brett. Brett's also one of the all-time greatest. Yeah. But Owen didn't really love it as much as Brett. It was a means to an end. He only got in it, first of all, to help his dad survive. Yep. And then it just ended up being a way to it, take care of the family. It's crazy for that, like that there, of the fact that he's so gifted and talented to be in the ring that he, it was like, I really don't want to do it, well, so but I will. I was thinking about that, and f- please forgive me ahead of time for the comparison I'm going to make. One of these people is a phenomenal, was a phenomenal human being. The other one is a fucking piece of shit. Going forward with that knowledge. Yeah. It's like Floyd Mayweather Jr. Yeah. Owen Hart is the youngest of 12 kids. Yes. All of that knowledge is poured into him, and you have the perfect wrestler. Mm-hmm. Floyd Mayweather, from that incredible boxing family, has everything poured into him, and you have what he became in the ring. Mm-hmm. It's the same scenario, right? Like, Owen, in the very same way that Mayweather was, is... Like, you, there's almost nobody on earth who could practice to become that good. Like, yeah. he, he, he could fall into being an all-time great just without even trying. He was great is, from day one. Which is ridiculous, right? Yeah, he started off, and his rookie year, he almost, he got serious consideration for wrestler yeah. of the year, not just rookie of the like, year. So it's crazy to me when you have all of that knowledge that family possesses, you can just pour it all into and somebody who was as athletic as Owen Hart was. Because he was doing stuff that was only seen in Mexico at the time. Like, he was doing Lucha stuff on main television. Oh, yeah, he was doing backflips and Hurricane like, Ranas and 
I mean, you can go down the list. <laughs> on local access Calgary in 1986. And name the giant superstars that he <laughs> when, influenced. When you, if you go back. Edges and, and Jerichos and just on down the if list. If you go back and watch young clips of Owen, you'd be like, why the hell didn't you do these moves in? They didn't yeah. let him. They didn't yeah. let him. But uh, rule number one: when you sign with WWF, forget half of your move set, uh, dude. The exciting half. There Can't was get a, over, brother. There was there was a point that Owen Owen was the hottest, and I was up to the Montreal Screwjob. Yeah, boy, when he showed up at DX and took out Sean from behind. Oh my God! They had a main eventer. Yep, and. Vince, Who could go in the ring as the main eventer? And later on that night, Vince is like, uh, you know what? I think we got to switch him over to Hunter. Have Sean work with Taker. Uh, oh, by the way, he's going to put over Hunter, not even get the win himself. By WrestleMania, three months later, he meant nothing again. They put him with the nation, for God's sakes. But what I was going to say was, yeah, I, and I feel bad for Stu. I feel bad for Martha and the kids. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, an amazing job they've had done. Those three. But I, from everything you read, uh, Stu, Owen was very much Stu's favorite. Yep. And Stu, was, he was never the same after Owen died. I mean, Helen didn't even make it two more years. Nope. And Stu, Stu was in 03. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, essentially, and this is sad, this is something Brett talked about in his book, it ruined that family. It did. Um, it was splintering a little anyway. carny, backstabby shit that wrestling sucks. Happened in that family as soon as he died. Yep. Brett said it multiple times and then would kind of go back on himself a little bit, but he said it, whatever Martha wanted to do should have been the path, and everybody else should shut the fuck up about it. And, and he, he said that's not what happened. And, and that's the path he took, but she even turned on him. So, and this is the part where it gets kind of weird for him because... She turned on him because he kept trying to play both sides. He kept trying to be middle maker. Yeah. He kept, like, he would tell... He wanted his, everyone to get along. He right? would tell his family, hey, it needs to be Martha's decision, but then tell Martha, hey, you need to let them kind of be a part of it. Like, instead of just being like, fuck you guys. Like, it's her decision. Like, let her deal with it. I can understand. Because I Diana can understand. and whoever the other chick, they were, they were angling for jobs for their family. Yeah. Oh, Jim's, was, Jim's wife. Jim and, and Davey. Yeah. They, had, they had leverage, they thought, at this yeah. point. So they're angling for jobs. They didn't want to piss Vince McMahon. I off. mean, who's back in the company later that year? Yep, Bulldog. It it growing up and before all this, people are have always wanted Owen to go into the WWE Hall of Fame because he deserves it. And then people are bashing Martha for not letting him. Oh, but then you want, but but this is that wrestling yeah. fan, right? And then you watch Dark Side of the Ring. And you can see, like, what really happened and, you know, how all this went, what, you know, what happened. And then you go, like, and for me, it's like, he doesn't even know how. It's not about deserves. Of course he deserves it, but he doesn't need it. Yeah. And they, you know, they but, don't need it. Yeah. I, I very much applaud them for not bowing to that. And, uh, to, I mean, he's already in the only wrestling hall of fame I give a fuck about, and that's yeah. the Wrestling Observer one. So. And they gladly accepted that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely fine with it. They, as she put it, they're not going to let a company that is responsible for his death make money off him, which they settled for. They 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 settled without having to agree to it. But you gave the money; for, you don't give money away for no reason. Um, they're no, she's not going to let them profit off of Owens. again after yeah. being responsible for killing him. 
Yep. Even though they still have their company gophers like Mark Henry trying to get a gun. Yeah. I'm guessing she didn't talk to Mark after the Hall of Fame speech. I'm guessing not. Guessing that relationship's pretty much done at that point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so just, I guess a quick shout out to Martha and Oge and Athena, man. They've done a fantastic job. Like, God moving on with damn, life. man. That had to be that tough situation that, for Martha. Not having any family on your side. None. They all abandoned her. She was like, fuck you guys, I don't need you then. And yeah. Christ, did she hold that those yeah. three together, man? Plus, went back to school herself. Yeah. God damn. That's damn, a, man. Owen could be fucking proud of that family. He could right. be incredibly proud yes, of that can. family. Yes, he can. But this this was a tough watch. I am glad this week is I, over. Same. Yeah. Now we can get back to shitty 1999 wrestling. Yes, we can. So speaking the, of that, speaking of that, <laughs> so we had this is a special war story episode of, you know, of Owen. So then we're gonna do a part two, and it's just the WCW side. Nitro and Thunder. Haven't watched Thunder yet. Neither. But I watched Nitro. Oh. So we have that coming this week. So man, May twenty fourth was a shitty night for wrestling on TV. Not a great, not a, good. Uh, not a great day. So. That being said, for the Human Wrestling Database, Corey Mack, for the No Cell Living Legend, Michael, for me, Joseph Lessel. R.I.P. Owen. <laughs>